Hello and welcome to Journey to the Rise. I'm your host, Lucretia. Ariel silks originated back in 1959 in a French circus school where some trainees were asked to present an acrobatic act. One student presented her act by using a long piece of fabric. Alma Nicolaus is believed to have brought aerial artistry to his choreography. In his piece, Sorcerer, in 1960, he put a dancer in a rope and harness and surrounded by a movable circle of fabric that would distort the space and hide the aerial component. Cirque du Soleil started their act in 1984 with 20 street performers and reinvented circus art. Then, in the mid-1990s, the world began to catch on, and we began to see aerial artists at festivals, special events, and the National Finals Rodeo even featured an aerial artist in their grand entry. I share all this as we are speaking with Jessica Thomas, an up-and-coming aerial artist. She has been a dancer basically all of her life, but it has been her dream to perform in the air. In our conversation, she shares her process, the challenges she faces, and what can go wrong when there's a mistake. So let's get started with our guest, Jessica Thomas. I am so excited to have this guest. If you ever get to be around her, she is this amazing ball of energy that just makes you feel better. Since she makes me feel better, I want her to just know everybody so everyone can feel better about themselves. Jess, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks so much for that lovely intro. <laughs> it's true. You just have this vibrant personality that's just magnetic, and, and I just enjoy any chance I get to chat with you. It's always fun and enjoyable, and I just really appreciate you. Thanks. Well, yes. I feel the same to you. You're very <laughs> kind. Thank you. So I want to start from the beginning. Where did you grow up? So I was born and raised in North Haven, Connecticut. So it's like just outside of New Haven. Um, and I lived there up until 2021 when I came here. Oh, wow. What was it so like I, to live there? It was great. Um, I had like just my little small town kind of life. Um, that was always like my permanent address, but um, I did go to college in Rhode Island. So I was kind of back and forth, but I did live in Rhode Island for three years. Oh, and I cool. loved Rhode Island. I liked it more than Connecticut, <laughs> but just because it was like a different scenery that was like very beachy. So that was nice. I could kind of, escape and go to the beach by myself it was like nice areas that I could just kind of sit and hang out but um Connecticut is to me is family and then Rhode Island was kind of that symbolic like start of my adult life um and then yeah then I just ventured out I felt like New England was been there and done that so I just wanted to come to the Midwest yeah, very cool. So you have this incredible ability to laugh, and you have this joy and a very mature outlook on life. It, would you contribute that to your upbringing and your family? 
I would. Um, I am the, the baby of the family. I have an older sister, so I like to think that she kind of took, she kind of like got to do the, the whole life thing before me. Um, and that sort of gave me an independent outlook, but um, she was way more of like a homebody. I just always dreamed of just going out and doing something different. And I kind of like, I always had these little dreams that I kept inside and I didn't tell anybody, but always like kind of had that inside. And um, I guess I kind of just was resilient and was like, I'm just gonna do whatever. I want and <laughs> just I somehow make that. it happen. So I think because I was the baby, they were a little bit less protective over me, my parents, and they just were like, okay, you're the, they call me the free bird of the family. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I like to think that a lot of the things I've accomplished as far as my young adult life has done, I feel like. I'm kind of self-made. I've had like awesome support from my family, but I feel like I've been great at like figuring it out on my own. <laughs> That's kind of exciting though. And very yeah. empowering. So what did yeah. you study? Like, why did you decide to go to school in Rhode Island? What was about that university that was appealing to you? Um, I really wanted to do, I went there initially for communications. I really liked media, like I love writing, I always loved writing. And so I did a lot of English stuff, like loved English class, loved like writing and reading and all that. And then, so that was a lot of what communications was. And then my second cousin, um, he lives in Burbank and so he's in the production industry. So through like getting closer with him, I was like, oh, maybe I want to do something in production that's still sort of related to my degree. So then I was like, okay, I want to do like audio and sound. And I did that for like my senior year of college. I was like, this is it. Like, this is what it's going to be for me. And then it was like two months before I graduated, I had just gotten out of a relationship and I started to kind of like explore my dance background again and I was like I really miss it and like ideally that's what I want to do but wow. there was nothing I was like I should have gone to dance college <laughs> and then I kind of started getting back into like yoga and I was doing that at home and then I was just like exploring things on the internet and I was like I don't really know if I need to do what I'm going to school for but it's kind of in my like at least I did it at least I have a degree if I want to use it but I was like kind of thinking about like different path and that just was like I don't know we'll figure it out <laughs> <laughs> right I loved, I loved URI I went to University of Rhode Island I was like basically virtual for most of my college life because that was like during COVID. I did community college for a year and a half and then did URI for a year and a half. So I only did three years of college. I sped right through it. Um, but I loved like the college life, even if it was virtual. I just loved like learning all that material. 
Yeah, I absolutely love college, so I completely... It's a different environment, and it just seems to have a little bit more energy mm -hmm. and, and jive to it. So how old were you when you started dancing? I was two. I was oh, wow. just a baby. <laughs> I did dance with my sister, so she was four and I was two. And we were that was always our thing together, and everybody thought we were twins because we're less than two years apart, so... We looked very similar, especially when we were little. Um, so we were always like the Thomas twins. And our school, our dance school was super small, but our it was like a close-knit family. And I still talk to everybody there, like love them so much. We never did competition, but I really didn't care. I just loved to be on stage. I would get like super nervous, but then like just get so excited. So I just loved being on stage. I didn't even really want to compete. I was like, it's not a competition. It's just like a chance for me to shine. <laughs> yeah. Was there a particular style of dance that you preferred? Um, well, I did pretty much all the basics like ballet, tap and jazz. I never did point. As an adult now, I would love to have done that. But um, I loved contemporary and lyrical. That was my favorite. I loved dance with emotion. I loved like the movements and kind of like try to por uh, portray like those deep emotions. Of course, like hip hop and like that upbeat, like jazz, that's fun too. I loved like the Broadway style kind of performance too. That's awesome. Yeah. So of all the towns you had south, what was it about Nashville that made you want to move here? Or did you go somewhere else before you hit Nashville? So I was in Rhode Island. I was about to graduate. I was just thinking, like, I could go anywhere, really. Like, I don't have a job lined up. I was working at Target in Rhode Island. And I was just ready for something new. And... Um, that was during, what was it, 2021. So yeah, like COVID was sort of winding down because I had my in-person graduation. Um, and my dad uh, was trying to plan a trip in 2020 to Nashville because we have family in Virginia and Arkansas and we are like, let's go somewhere and meet in the middle, like do a vacation together. We were gonna come to Nashville in 2020 that got canceled. And I was telling him, I'm like, I could go to like New York, like maybe I'll go to Florida. I don't know. I don't want to go too far, like California, like somewhere that's like still a short plane ride home. Had no idea. Um, New York was way too expensive for me. That was my first choice. And I was like, <laughs> you know, it's still really close to home and it's too expensive anyway. So we'll figure something else. Um, and my dad's like, why don't you go to Nashville? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like sure like I just kind of started looking up like I love I have like this weird fascination with just like going on Google Maps and just like looking at places yes, like, yes. where they are in relation to each other I love maps for some reason and I was like I just love like visually where Nashville is on the map I was like it's like central um, and it's like a huge state. Like I've lived in these tiny little states my whole life. Right. I, like, I feel like there's so much possibility. So then I started looking up 
um, Aerial Studios because I had only been for like maybe a month or two taking silks lessons at this local gymnastics um, space. And I had this awesome instructor and her name is Renee. And she was like, just opened this door and I was so shy and so scared and like so weak, like to myself, people probably thought I was stronger, <laughs> but I was like, I can barely pull myself up. Um, but I was like, I really want to keep doing it because there's just something about it that like feels right. So I just was like, for the fun of it, like Ariel in Nashville. And I found the Nashville Circus Center. And I was like, love that. Like, I don't even really know that much about it. But <laughs> yeah. Just gonna go for it. <laughs> and then, yeah, I was like, I don't want to go alone. So I was trying to find a friend that was in the right place in their life <laughs> that they could pick up and go. And my friend that I had met at Target, she's my best friend, Tiffany. Um, I was like, do you want to move to Nashville? <laughs> and she was still living at home and she had never lived anywhere but her parents' house. And she was like, sure. <laughs> oh, wow. So we, we're going. <laughs> And I was like, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do for work. We're just going to figure it out. And then I had like a, a community that I was like dying to get to. I was like really excited to go start at the National Circus Center and like meet people. I was like, this is going to be a great way for me to like settle in. So that was like my, I was anticipating that a lot. I couldn't wait. <laughs> that is so cool. So what drew you to the silk training? Did you just want to try right. it or? That was the yoga. Interesting enough, I was on, I was like heavy into yoga on Instagram. So of course your phone just like gives you this algorithm. And I started seeing aerial yoga and I was like, oh, this looks like what they do in Cirque du Soleil, but it's like very grounded. Like it's not performance and I was like that's kind of cool and then so I started looking at those ads and stuff and then that kind of just went on my feed and my explore page and I was seeing more and more <laughs> of it and I was like oh my god this is like available like it never occurred to me that circus training was like right there in Rhode Island and even it was like an hour away in Massachusetts I was like, this is like accessible. Like I had, I, my mind was blown. Yeah. Because <laughs> when I was younger, I don't know what I saw on TV, but I always told my mom, she was, I was like, all I want to do is spin around in a hoop in the sky. <laughs> really? Oh, <laughs> I love that. I, I never really knew that it was a real thing, but I saw it somewhere on TV. Like there was a performance that like, must've been like a, a concert or something that I was watching. My dad really liked to watch like um, EDC Las Vegas and Orlando. Like he loved watching like live streams of music festivals. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where I found it because they would be in the background. Like there's this whole show happening, but I was looking at the girl in the hoop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, wait. Like I might be actually qualified to do this because I have like flexibility. I have a little bit of strength. Like I feel like I can do this. So I just like, I looked at a place near me. I was just like aerial near me and I found it. 
like 30 minutes away from me in Rhode Island and that was where I found that gymnastics uh, studio and I was like I'm just gonna try it I paid for a private lesson because I was so shy I didn't want to be in a class yep and yep. I was like I want anyone to see me fail because <laughs> I'm such a perfectionist <laughs> was so intimidated and I just walked in and I was like hi like oh. <laughs> I was so especially starting as an adult and seeing people like not everybody looks like me who has 30 piercings and tattoos that are visible and I was like is this gonna be weird or is it too like proper and professional like I was kind of worried but then yeah I just would love to point out that the circus loves everybody and I learned that very quickly so yeah I I started in Rhode Island I was like I have to continue wow <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we will have more from Jess about her training and process as she is finding her way to becoming a professional aerial artist do you have a small or medium business and your website isn't connecting to your clients in a way that you would like? If the words on your website is something your cousin Danny wrote back in 1998, it may be time for a refresher. Girl Boss Copywriter offers a free 30-minute consultation that includes an audit of your website. You will find out how Girl Boss Copywriter can help to enhance the connection to your ideal clients. And you get to walk away with three suggestions to improve the copy on your website. To find out more and how you can build a better connection to your existing and prospective clients, go to girlbosscopywriter.com. Welcome back to Journey to the Rise. We continue our conversation with Jess Thomas and her endeavors as she is training and developing her skill to become a professional aerial artist. Now back to our conversation. So you go to Nashville, you find out about the circus training. What is the environment like there? My first day of class, I was once again, like the shyest person in the room, but my my uh compensation i was compensate with humor <laughs> <laughs> so i go in there I'm like if i can make them laugh like one or two times like i'll feel better <laughs> and then i'll like that's like i'll ease myself into it by trying to make people laugh and i just i have like this very sarcastic humor and if you get it you do and if you don't then i'm just like okay. <laughs> i love but your humor my my first class was, I think it was my Lyra class, and I met my favorite person ever, Rebecca Hellmans. She was my instructor, and we have the same humor, and it made me so comfortable. Nice. <laughs> and we would just, we sat, and we introduced ourselves while we warmed up and stretched, and I was like, I have a background in dance yep. I'm from Connecticut <laughs> like, kind of gave him the basics why are you here <laughs> and I was like I'm trying something new like they're like Connecticut why are you in Nashville 
Because once you're a local somewhere, you're like, why would you come to my boarding city? <laughs> right, yeah. So I would be out somewhere, but I was like, I love it here. <laughs> That's awesome. So I was super, super comfortable. Like everybody welcomed me and I was just like ready to ready That's to amazing. So what classes <laughs> have you taken there? Because you've been there for a while now. Yeah, I've been there like a year and a half because um, I started August of 2021. Um, I started with Lyra and Silks. Despite having Silks, like the tiniest bit of Silks training in Rhode Island, I started an intro level because I had never really been in a class and I was like, I feel like I need to start from the beginning as if I've never touched anything ever. Like, I just wanted to start from the beginning. And I will admit it was way too basic for me, but at the same time, I like appreciated that because I really needed to like learn the how and why, because I could just repeat what somebody shows me, but like learning the how and why was like really important to me because it needed to like, my goal is to keep getting better and better and I needed to like really get that foundation. So I'm really glad I did intro. Um, Lyra, I did the level one because I was like, I got this. And I actually just fell immediately in love with it. I was like, this is my favorite thing ever. This is also the most pain I've ever inflicted upon wow. myself, but <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I was covered in bruises every day. <laughs> And I was so like proud to show that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I smacked myself with a steel hoop today. What did you do? <laughs> and I think that speaks volumes so, of how humble and hardworking you are to say, no, I'm even though I have experience, I'm gonna start at the beginning. And I think that's such a athletic yeah. dancer persona of like, look at this bruise. I earned this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was the two that I started with and I did that for um two semesters. So it was like winter and then spring and then um the next the following one I did um row. Wow. And that was a new a new kind of thing. <laughs> 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 a whole new level of pain. <laughs> That's amazing. But um, yeah, Lyra, I fell in love with immediately and Lyra is my one true love. That's incredible. <laughs> it seems like you've progressed pretty quickly. So how do you feel about the progress that you've made training for the past year and a half? For me, it is like, I would feel like I have made no progress if I didn't record myself. And I do that because I know I'm a perfectionist and I will be like, oh my God, I've, I've only been doing this for almost two years. But then I'm like, but I've only been doing this for almost <laughs> two years. And somehow like I watched my very first video that I took that first day of my Silks Private in Rhode Island and then like my most recent and I'm like, wow, like that makes me, and that's how I motivate yeah. myself. 
because I'm like, okay, this girl is not the same as this girl. <laughs> what kind of challenges have you faced yeah. along the way? I, it's most of the challenges that I have faced have been mental because it's pros and cons to having that algorithm on my phone all the time is I see these like worldwide people who have been training since they were 10 and they're, you know, they're 10 years deep and they're just doing insane tricks. And I'm like, why can't I do that? Like, I feel like I'm as flexible as her probably. Why can't I do that? Like, and then I have to like put the phone down and I have had to write down, like I started writing in a journal and just writing like over and over, like don't compare yourself, focus on your journey. Everybody takes their own steps to get where they need to go. Like think of how far you've come. I have to like literally write down and motivate myself because I get so down on myself. Like I'm not good enough. I didn't start early enough. Like I wish I started yesterday instead of today. But I try to like really, I have to just put everything away and like ground myself and be like, you've come so far. And it helps me when I talk to people that have no clue what I do. And they're just like, what is a spill? <laughs> what do you do? And then I'll like show them the video and they're like, wow, you're so strong. And I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yes, <laughs> and you have to remember you've been dancing so, since you were two. I, so you also have that background that's helping you give the, the strength and the skills yeah. to these new classes that you're taking. Yeah. Yeah. I have to go full circle from like you suck <laughs> to like, you are amazing. <laughs> it's constantly in my head. So it's a ever changing cycle, yeah. but yeah, I usually come back around. Good. Which you should. <laughs> so I know like a lot of dancers yeah. deal with like feet injuries. Do you have any kind of issue, physical things like that, that you have to be aware of? With my feet, they are primarily off the ground, so that helps. I have such bad feet. Like, I have fully given up on fancy shoes. I just wear, like, specific brands that I know I can handle, and I every day I wear two layers of socks. Like, my, my feet are rough, but everyone's like, oh, it's probably not helping that you're tying them up and squeezing them in a silk and stuff and I'm like my feet feel the best that they ever feel when they are off the ground and I like when I've been on my feet all day at work I just can't wait to get off the yeah. ground <laughs> so my feet were definitely not feeling great all the time at dance but now I feel I feel way better like when they're off. That's the amazing. So what kind of risk of injury is yeah. there to being an aerial artist? So much. Yeah, I I every day try to get more knowledgeable about like physical therapy and like strength training because it, I never even really realized how easy it is to injure yourself and I just I I think I'm pretty good at trying to 
slow down the process of learning things and be like, I don't care if I can cheat through it and make it look pretty. I need it to look pretty, but also be correct because I don't really want to hurt myself right. ever. And the only thing that I will occasionally experience is like, um, it's so much grip. So I get like really achy, like in my arms mm -hmm. sometimes. And then I just have to like take a couple of days mm -hmm. off and like relax my muscles because it's everything is grip. And that was one thing that I had never prepared myself for in dance because you don't hold on to anything right. really besides maybe a bar, but that's like a light cap. And the, the grip strength is key. And so for me, that's the most struggle. And that's where I fear like my wrist and my, uh, just like my arms, I'm worried that I'm gonna overwork them or I'm gonna do something wrong. But I have amazing instructors that literally know so much and I'm just like, I can't wait to absorb this knowledge for myself and hopefully be like knowledgeable and be like, okay, you need to work on this muscle and this muscle, like I need to get good the names of things and learning how to do that. Wow. Yeah. I was wondering yeah. if the instructors <laughs> helped you with strength training or working through injuries or helping you understand how to prevent them. So they're pretty good at helping you with that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, they definitely will, especially I have a, a tendency to um, overuse my back flexibility and they always tell me it's a blessing and a curse because it looks great when you're trying to be bendy, but when you're trying to engage your core, sometimes I just end up like dumping, as they call it, you like dump all your weight into your mid back. And they always are like, you're super bendy, but right now we need you to not be super <laughs> bendy. <laughs> Correct me. And I'm like, okay. It's so hard, yeah. but yeah, I really try to be diligent and just be like, slow down and learn it the right Amazing. way. Amazing. Have you had those moments that seemed absolutely impossible, like maybe it was a trick or a skill, and when you kept trying it, you're like, I'm never going to get it, and then you got past it? There are so many things, yeah, so many things that I have worked on and I will literally close my eyes at night to go to bed and I will just see it replay wow. in my head. And I'm like, this is how I could do it, but this is how I'm doing it. And like, I, there's one of the most like foundational tricks is a hip key in silks. And so it requires um, like body compression to get your hip to your shoulder essentially and get your legs around and then you key over. Um, that was so hard for me in the beginning. And it was like, when I can't get something, it really drags me, like my, it kills my soul. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it so deeply because I hate yeah. failing. And everyone's like, it's fine, you'll get it. But I went to sleep and I dreamt about it for like Really? Days. And then, day I came into class and I was like I know we're not working on hip keys today but I need to try it because I saw it in my dream and it needs yeah. to happen and then I got my first ever hip key that Yay. day and I was like oh 
oh my gosh like thank you <laughs> I was just so excited and I really obsess over the things that I can't do and sometimes it's just like it takes that obsessing mm -hmm. and I'll figure it out so you really get into the visualization yeah. which I've heard athletes do to accomplish things yeah I am totally a visual learner and I talk through it and none of the terms that I talk are at all like the scientific or proper term yeah. for them I'll just like make up my own weird hints and like things to remember and I have to like go through my own wow. process but definitely visual that's amazing yeah. So what is your process to condition for your training? Like, I'm assuming there's some sort of exercises that you're doing when you're not at the training facility. Yeah, um, we do a lot of pulling, like we pull up. Um, most of the time we're pulling up or we're, we're doing that pulling motion. So we have to at least attempt to work the opposite so the pushing muscles um i try to do that in the gym in my free time and then as well as working on like pull-ups and core things i've worked muscles that i didn't know existed <laughs> doing aerial training and i try to really a lot of that stuff is sort of yoga based so i try to like blend the two and make it like a a seamless process that that way in my head I'll be like on the floor in my living room doing a, a workout and then I'm like if I was in the air how would this be needed so I try to always coordinate my strength training at home or at the gym with wow that's skills. amazing so how many hours a day how many days a week are you like working out excuse me and practicing Um, so I try to get four to five hours of aerial training in the week. And that could be Lyra, Silks, Rope, Pole, which I do now. Um, and then if I'm not there, I try to do, um, I try to at least stretch at home. Or um, when I have time, I kind of only have time to go to the physical gym like once or twice a week. But I'll do like strength training like that on the off days usually wow. too. So being an area performer, are there falls involved in your training? Falls like physical, like hit yeah. the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I have many videos of the fails <laughs> and at this point it's just funny because nothing has been like a real serious injury mm -hmm. from it but sometimes I mean sometimes it's just communication especially my worst fall was um, one time I tried to show off so never try to show <laughs> off <laughs> and then the second time I was in a doubles um, Lyra practice and the communication was just not there and she let go as I was letting go and we I just fell and I fell but luckily the way that we were positioned her 
butt cushioned my fall <laughs> and I slid off her very gracefully. <laughs> but I have this awesome video and I'll never delete it because it was so funny. And I I just like I have to laugh at it and then that kind of motivates me. I'm like, okay, I fell, but I had a mat underneath me because I will never train without a mat. And yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> it seems yeah. a training center offers quite a few performance opportunities. Like, what is the process to be a part of the performance, and what does it take to prepare for them? So, um, with the showcase, which is what I've done with them in the past, we will usually take part of the class, probably like halfway into the semester, and work on um, creating a routine. And I love that because I love music and I really am the only one, it seems, in like most of my classes that like wants to put together a playlist or like look at songs and figure out what routine would go best with them. I love like the act creation. So that's my favorite part. But um, we'll usually work like half class is on like a new skill or conditioning stuff and then half of the class will do try and create that act and um, most recently we've had like the freedom to create our own combinations as I've gone up in levels nice. there so that's really fun because I love like working with other people and be like I don't really know what to do with this part but somebody else has a great idea I love that that's stuff. very cool so that's awesome um, as far as being in the, uh, as far as being in the um, showcase, we just kind of will train on our classes, and then um, we get get our costumes picked out, and then whoever wants to be in it can be in it. Whoever doesn't doesn't have to. And then, but I will never turn down a performance opportunity because I love to be on yeah. stage. Um, but that's, yeah, that's the I love part. it. What are your goals as you progress through your training? My goals are just to keep getting stronger for one and working on active flexibility. Those are my sort of like everyday goals. And then my long-term goal is to eventually get like a contract and hopefully perform either somewhere in Tennessee or not kind of open to that wherever um and then yeah I would love to teach one day nice. too so I just am absorbing all of the knowledge from my instructors because good teachers make good future teachers so. yeah that's incredible do you have a dream gig My dream gig is probably something um, like a some sort of a residency in like a club or uh, they have all kinds of like dinner shows, things like that where you're on stage, but it's sort of like not necessarily like a huge production. Um, I would love that because it's not like super demanding, but I love like I love things that are sort of sensual. I love to have like that dark room vibe, like the pretty lights, the 
the maybe sexy costumes. I love all that stuff. I love like burlesque, burlesque cabaret style aerial stuff is like my favorite. So I would love that. That would be amazing. So along with the performances at, performances at the Circus Center, you've already started performing. How has that experience been for you? That was very enlightening. I really loved being like surrounded by people who have done it before. That was like the best part about it because I am so shy when I'm new at something and there's like a whole new group of people, but they nobody seems to notice and they're just like you're doing so great and they would they would continuously like boost me up even though they're doing it too like there's no competition and I love that I don't want there to be any competition yeah. like I just want to work together and hype each other up so that was awesome and then that was um ambiance gigs so that's like a whole other level. I've never really done that until my first one in Indiana. And that was like kind of weird to me. I was like, no one's watching me <laughs> <laughs> because you literally are just the ambiance. And then people would kind of come and go and they'd be like, oh, look at her. She's spinning. And then <laughs> you'd go get your drink and go sit down and eat. And I was like, oh, like, no one's sitting here staring at me. So it was kind of cool because I was like, oh, I don't have to be constantly doing something. But it was just a whole new yeah. life. I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is also a thing. I, that was, like, very enlightening for me. What, but I like to do both. I don't really think one is better than the other. That's not true. I like to be on stage, so that's probably better. But, <laughs> but I do like the ambiance. You can get off of your apparatus and like communicate with people and like I made some connections so that was nice. really cool. So yeah, it was that's amazing. Yeah. So what kind of apparatus do you need to be able to perform? Like do you already have them? Are they portable? Do venues need to provide them? So the only thing that a venue would have to provide in my case for where I am right now would be like the proper Base. I haven't used anything that involves the rigging, like any silks I haven't done, but there are portable rigs that people have that they will bring. Um, I will just be borrowing because I don't have my own for right now, but I used a lollipop, which was one of my friends who also um, had that production company. Um, so she brought her own and I already knew how to like use it, so I helped her set it up and then that was fun. Um, I like the things that are portable, even though they are super heavy. Um, so even though they're portable, it's not very easy <laughs> to do, and it's intimidating when you have to do it by sure. yourself. But I think those kinds of things are easier to like book because you don't necessarily need a certain kind of ceiling or anything like that. So that kind of thing is very amazing. cool. Are there performers who inspire you, or you look up? up to there are so many um, most of them are with Cirque du Soleil there are a couple that I find just randomly on Instagram and they I love like that relatable aspect like they might not have a ton of followers but they're like killing it 
um, or even just like the local people that I see train and I'm like, oh my gosh, like can't wait to be like surrounded by your talent and learn off of that, especially instructors um, and people who do it, do the business side of it too. Those people I really get inspired by because I'm like, you do it all yourself. And I love that. And I hope I can do that. You one day. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely will. Um, if there's someone out there who wants to become an aerial <laughs> artist, what advice would you have for them? Um, I would probably give them the advice to start stretching now, but don't hurt yourself because a lot of people, um, I've even met people who are sort of more like more intro level and they're like, you're so flexible. Like, what do you do? And I'm like, I've been stretching since I was five. So <laughs> you probably <laughs> need to I was like, don't think that you can just drop into a split because you will hurt yourself. And I've learned more about like how to teach other people just like a couple things. And that's like super rewarding because when I know that I'm teaching them something how to do like correctly, they've been doing it wrong their whole life. I'm like, I feel important to you because now you know the correct way to do it and you're not going to hurt yourself. And I'm like responsible for that safety. And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so are you available for booking? If there's yeah. someone out there who wants a talented performer for their event or festival, I mean, how would they go about booking you if you are available? I totally am. I pretty much do just like through Instagram right now is where I show like most of my aerial stuff. Um, I need to get better at like TikTok and all that stuff because I've just been like kind of lazy with it. But I love like trying to use Instagram. Um, and I changed my handle recently. But um, definitely DM or um, if you reach out to like the National Circus Center or something, I'm sure they could point to my email and stuff like that. But um, Instagram DM, I'll mostly be Very there. Very cool. So <laughs> what's next for you with your training and everything that's on deck for this year? Well, hopefully um, in the summer, I really would love to do like some music festivals. Um, there's a couple that are like local in the Midwest, so I would love to get in contact with people there. And I have a couple like places that I'm like looking into. You just got to contact some people. So hoping and wishing and training <laughs> for that. So yeah, just trying to do some things like locally like that. And then um, maybe next year after I do like more things like that, I feel like next year I'll probably start trying to apply for like contracts and stuff and maybe go Wow, that's amazing. A lot of hard work has been to this place, and I'm really excited for you, and I can't wait to see where it all goes for you. And we'll definitely get your, your Instagram put in the show notes and, and on the website once this goes posted, so hopefully people can find you and um, definitely bring you on board for their next special event. Well, thank you so much for being here. I know you're super, super busy, and it's very generous of you to share your time with us, and your story is just fascinating. I know you're going to inspire a lot of people. Thanks so much. It was nice talking Yay. to you, as always. And thanks yeah, for it's my pleasure.
And that's aerial artist Jess Thomas. Next week, we will talk with yoga instructor Nikki Lundquist Edwards. Keep up with instructing the classes, your own yoga practice, managing a personal life. Like, how do you keep up with it all? It does sometimes get a little exhausting because I do spend a lot of my day being physically active. And if I'm not being physically active, I'm sitting in my car, like driving from one place to another. Or sometimes I have to kill time at a coffee shop. I'll sit there for an hour before I go teach again. And I also manage a lot of space. I, I manage space for people. There's a lot to teaching yoga. It's not necessarily just move your body. It's being there to facilitate an openness for people to show up with whatever it is that they might be feeling or whatever it is that they have going on. And so there's a level of empathy and vulnerability, I believe, like on the part of being a teacher that you put out there so that you can really be with your people in the room. And I love doing that. It's a beautiful experience. It can also be draining, though, because, you know, you've got your own stuff going on, your own energy and whatnot. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Journey to the Rise. Please do follow us on your podcast app so that you have the latest episode downloaded. If you want to follow us on Instagram, our account is at Journey to the Rise podcast. We want to thank our supporter, Girl Boss Copywriter. This episode is produced, researched, and edited by Girl Boss Productions. I'm Lucretia, and you've been listening to Journey to the Rise.